0: Hi, everyone. Back at you with another episode of ESEC Lending Insights, where we keep it unscripted, real, and interesting.
1: Unscripted, Peter? I would say that's definitely true, but interesting. Why don't we let our listeners decide on that one? What we are here to do, folks, is share with you our thoughts and perspectives on the securities lending industry, whether that be about demand trends or just what's going on in the industry. And now over to our episode.
0: Let's go. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to a new episode of ESEC Lending Insights. It's St. Patrick's Day, so happy St. Patrick's Day and back with my friends and colleagues. I don't know which one should come first, friend or colleague, depending on the day. Feels like one should be more important than the other, but we'll say friends for today.
1: I don't know why we need to separate
0: the
2: two.
1: Can it be one and the same?
2: No, not in this case. It's (laughs) just
1: Tell us I thought how you, you were... really feel, Jim. I thought we were going to get happy Jim today. I thought we were going to have grumpy Bazar and happy Jim, but maybe not. This
2: podcast yeah. is standing between me and a Guinness, so. Right, uh, it's a tough day to do
0: a podcast. Brooke and I were in green, ready for the day where we turn on the video camera for this thing, but today's not that day, right?
1: Yes, not unless we, and may never happen unless we get significant user interest in that.
0: Yeah. So anyone who's listening has a view on that topic or anything else. We don't get a lot of questions or comments, so we'd welcome that.
1: And all the comments we apparently get are those that Jim receives, where he's so great and wonderful. Which yeah, I, I think I was
0: the other guy. I think that. Was a good comment. It's only our families who listen to this podcast. That's yeah. what I-
1: <laughs> all right. I don't even think my family listens. So. <laughs>
0: My family was impressed that you could actually get it through Apple and Spotify and things like that.
1: That's not a hard thing to do. Just, I don't want to give away our secrets to the rest of the non-podcast world, but yeah, yeah that's not a hard thing. to do. We need, to need sponsors. That's going to be our next level. Right. I'm pretty sure Craig Starbuck is our sponsor, just to be clear. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, look,
0: it's been a crazy week, an interesting week, right? We've seen bank failures. We see banks being saved. We see regional bank volatility, volatility everywhere, Credit Suisse. What's it doing to the SEC lending space, Jim, in your day-to-day, what you're seeing?
2: It's a net positive. So it's creating a new sector that's in focus for shorts. And if you look at the US, broadly speaking, regional banks or non-SIFI banks is 250 or so stocks, probably five to 10 of them are in focus at the moment and in play, creating revenue for securities lenders. So Initially, everything happened pretty quick last week to SVB, and then again this week with Credit Suisse at the beginning of the week, and then you know the focus that remains on First Republic and the like banks. So, initially, it was more of shorts were set as supply hit the market, but what we're seeing today is supply is coming back hour by hour almost. So, I think a lot of people probably did the same thing we did, which is just let's sit tight and assess the situation first, see what it feels like, see what it looks like from a liquidity standpoint, from a volatility standpoint. We ESEC traders also took a step back and took a day or two to kind of feel what we thought the appropriate price would be to lend any of these names. And that typically revolves a lot around supply and demand. And there was demand, but supply was hard to get a feel for So we've done that since. And I think of those five or 10 names that are in focus, they're trading anywhere from 2% SEC lending fee, which is where Credit Suisse, for example, went out this morning to 14 or 16% lending fee, which is where we've seen First Republic and some of the West Coast banks trade. But it's really a moving target. By the time we launch this, those are probably stale levels by the time we launch this podcast. But net positive, Peter, I think this isn't a drive by bank restructuring or new regulations in banks in a matter of weeks. This is months and quarters, I think. So this is early innings for what could be a general positive for anybody who's long regional bank stocks and looking to accrue a bit of second lending revenue along the
1: way. I know you just referenced Credit Suisse, but that list of five to 10, everything you were talking about there was in fact focused on U.S. regional banks, correct?
2: hundred percent, yeah. Credit Suisse is just the one non-U.S. bank that's been struggling for Everybody knows that story, you know? Yeah,
1: understood. uh, And outside of the U.S. regional bank names and that sort of five to 10, and it's probably the names that are most on the headlines with CNBC, et cetera, I presume. like If you look at it overall, they're going to be the familiar names that are in the news right now.
2: I would think so. Yeah, I would imagine. It's kind of West Alliance, PAC, Bank of Hawaii, Key Bank, those sorts of names. First Republic, obviously. Yeah, names like that.
0: Do you industry. know what indices those guys are in? Do you have a sense for what index these guys are in?
2: I would say a lot of them are in the major indices, Russell 1000 for sure, well, almost all of S&P 500. I don't know, I've been looking at it Peter Moore from a gig standpoint, some just a industry classifications, general industry classifications and so all falling under regional bank. Right. So Backing into what are you thinking from an industry standpoint? I'm just so,
0: curious standpoint. if this is S and P or Russell one because it, it certainly can help the large cap performance if people are in those indices, right? These yeah. types of events where there's generally not a lot of value, right?
2: Yeah, you'll see both banks and both. On the other hand, though, there's all the sifis are we don't see much borrow interest whatsoever.
1: That's um, what I was going to ask. So if we flip then to, so that was all U.S. regional bank focus. but obviously we all know the Credit Suisse story from this week. So Credit Suisse is trading with demand, but are we seeing any other major global banks or other European entities, I would say, with elevated interest this week or no uh, on the demand side?
2: No on the U.S., nor do I think we will see any short demand outside of long, short plays, maybe some long or short. In the SIFIs, one's going to outperform the other type, type trade, which generally doesn't make its way to lenders from a borrow perspective. There's just plenty of float. Outside of the U.S., that's probably a story unfolding in the next couple of weeks, Brooke. So we haven't seen a whole lot to date outside of Credit Suisse, outside of the U.S., but I don't think that'll stay that way. So we're keeping an eye on it. We're doing the same exercises that we did on Friday and Monday, where we figured out the scope of banks that were in focus or could potentially be in focus. In the US, we're doing the same. In Europe and ultimately Asia, I think it's early innings.
0: And any focus on ETFs in the
2: sector? Yeah. If so
0: some interest in that.
2: Yeah, we talked about it before. We're not huge holders of many ETFs, but we have some of the large core ETFs. Some of our clients own them and we lend them. SPY, for instance, is fully out, remains fully out. I don't know if that's related to happened before this crisis kicked off last week. But some of the sectors for sure, or any bank sector, the ETFs or anything focused on banks in general in the US, we're getting located every day. So we don't have a whole lot to lend. But yeah, I mean, I think ETFs long and short will be a big part of the story. And I don't know which is wagging the tail and which is the dog when it comes to the common and the ETFs in this instance. But I would think you initially short the ETFs and then you make your picks over the next month. As you do research, you know, it was surprisingly, when you read everything about SVB and what happened and how that unfolded, it's curious to me that that wasn't more of a focus for the market and for analysts in the market. I mean, it's pretty obvious now on a look back basis. And I know there were some people who were highlighting kind of the duration mismatch that some of these banks run. And that was a focus for a handful of people. But for most, it was overlooked or ignored or not noticed. Was it like a GC
0: name kind of prior to this whole...
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, across the board, they, we had some of them were out, but not in spades. We had almost all of it in the box. So just found it odd that it wasn't a focus. But anyway, you know, what that means is I think people need to do their work now on those names. Yeah. And so back to the ETF, maybe ETFs are a nice, easy way to directionally be playing this new crisis and then do your work and figure out which will be the kind of winners and which will be the losers for lack of a better. What about,
0: what about the corporate bond space? Are these guys issuers? And have you seen much in the core of bond space as far as short activity?
2: They are issuers. I and mean, No, we haven't seen a ton. I think at least if I were sitting in a hedge fund seat, I'd want liquidity on quick moving situations. And you don't get that corporate bonds. Yeah, It's over the counter. So your bid offer, when you're buying to cover or you're selling short, the bid offer can be wide. And so without that liquidity, you can have it correct. And then lose all the alpha you gained by having to hit a bid or lift an offer at the wrong time. So for now it's just been equities, but it'll work its way in the corpse I think, Peter. It's certainly a credit story. You know, when you talk about run on banks and banks being under pressure, it's almost always affects IG and how And the
0: corporate sector is still attractive. I know we've talked about this in prior podcasts as far as exclusive interest and kind of being at all time strong levels.
2: Yeah, it's a big focus for the short side is to play the credit. Interest rates are banging around here. We've got the Fed next week. And so it'll be interesting to see if they go 25, 50 or a pause. But that's not mutually exclusive to the play that people make in high yield. This week in particular has been kind of quiet in lending corpse, but that trend is still on the upside mm-hmm. it comes to short side wanting to be more net short corpse than long.
1: We actually haven't podcasted that recently and it feels like it's been a while. So obviously everything we've talked about has happened in the last 10 days outside of your comments that you just made on the corporate bonds. But if we would have podcasted before SVB and all the news started last week, what else would you be talking about? And are you still talking about that? Or is this just become so all encompassing? I know there's other trades out there. I know that AMC had the vote this week. I'm just curious what other highlights outside of maybe just what you were saying on corporate bonds would be in focus right now.
2: It has been all encompassing. We're 16 minutes into this podcast and haven't mentioned AMC once, which feels great. That trade's coming to an end. Yeah, m and I think, is something people are starting to talk quite a bit about. Not unrelated, though, but consolidation. So we'll see it in the banking industry. I think, and we've had a handful of deals across the globe this year. And so I think before this crisis happened, we were talking about how healthy balances were, how heavily weighted in the US we are toward dollar cash and interest rates, along with AMC and a handful of the EV shorts. But you know, the last week has been all banks every day. We should get back to something normal, but it'll be we'll talk about sectors in focus, which would be crypto, EV, and banks. So Added to the list, which
0: is great. Great. And thank these kinds of yeah. the times are usually where clients engage more, right, Brooke? And I know this is kind of where we as a company, little plug here for Brooke and her team, but are all over updating clients. And I know we've put a lot of notes out to clients on this situation. How have you seen client reaction to this situation the last week, Brooke? Has it been pretty taking it in stride or how people reacted?
1: Sure. Yeah, no, I think it's all, I mean, I would say very measured and has been sort of a controlled environment. The good news is, is that even though it doesn't feel good and none of this is good news to talk about, there were probably early worries that, you know, it's going to start to feel like it did back in 08, et cetera. And it hasn't been the case this week. I mean, I think it's been much more measured, much more controlled, but you know, a lot of clients. So SVB as an example was in the S&P 500 a lot of people with index exposure, that's a lot of people that were holders of that security that would have experienced losses on that. So there's probably a lot of headline risk and a lot of internal risk management and oversight that has been under focus over the past week, week and a half with clients. Obviously, when people are looking at it from a holistic perspective, they're then wondering, okay, what do I see related to securities lending as well? And when I think that the regional bank... Conversation is relevant when you're talking to clients that are engaged in securities lending, but probably more so the conversations have been focused around Credit Suisse and exposures there, or just the potential for if there were to be more contagion and what does that look like, and where are other exposures? And so every client takes a different approach and a view. A lot of times, people take a very top down view on counterparts and have either made decisions previously to exclude certain counterparts from trading activity, or might perhaps make those decisions along the way. So we just do a lot of client communication is huge. And having regular ongoing dialogue with clients is important, clearly. I mean, it is for any agent out there in the market, obviously, but the types of clients we work with is a major focus. So I think it's nice to see, obviously with the Swiss National Bank having moved in and sort of shown support for Credit Suisse, I think that that has been hugely helpful and probably has calmed a lot of waters there, but people will continue to focus on that and probably focus on some of the other European counterparts and just to keep an eye and make sure that worries don't spread further, I think is the general sentiment.
2: Yeah, the market learned from 2008, moved quickly here. And I think This feels very different than 08 to me. I remember that concern, the risk around the banking system lasting weeks, maybe months in terms of concern for the market. And we were looking up and down even the largest banks and deciding whether it was prudent or not to lend them and at what rate you'd want to lend them if you did. None of that happens now. Everything moved quickly, whether it was support for SVB or Credit Suisse. And so, Feels very different. So to me, it seems more opportunistic than 08 in terms of just from the seats we sit in lending securities. There's opportunity to make some revenue. So less fear of falling off a cliff, I guess. I hope I didn't just jinx us, but
0: <laughs> is there any change in cash versus non cash you're seeing from the dealer side? Is there any scarcity of cash given all this?
2: Or there is not, no, Peter, but it's going to take some time to work itself through. So initially, ETFs trade against cash and US Commons are what, 80%, I think we just did a workup, Peter, roughly 80% of the market for a global portfolio looks like US dollar cash. So balance sheet talk is on the back burner. When it comes to book and loans, it's really just a matter of covering shorts or having availability to allow new shorts. You know, many of the names, SBB and the like, were GC, and so they sat on availability feeds that agent lenders send out. Generally, the way that hedge funds work is they can set shorts if it's on the availability feed, but once it becomes a hard to borrow or something in focus comes off that list and they need to make a phone call to the prime. And so setting those shorts now is a little bit different. They need to have the borrow located first, as opposed to just making an assumption that the borrow is going to be there.
0: What about auctions? Have we had any interesting auctions since our last podcast or those coming up that may be interesting to think about?
1: We have some upcoming. I mean, we've had a bunch of auctions, obviously, since we last podcasted, but we also have some upcoming in the next couple of weeks that Jim, you obviously could probably talk further about.
2: Nothing in the immediate past that was interesting, but coming up, we have some debt portfolios that we're auctioning off, inclusive of emerging market debt and high yield debt. And then we kick off our spring season, which is typically U.S. equities. So lots of moving parts in a market that has rising volatility.
1: Do you think Um, on the U.S. equity side of things, and you're probably going to say it's too early to say, or I'm sure you'll sufficiently hedge yourself, Jim, (laughs) but- Again, if we asked you the question two weeks ago versus today, what you think might transpire in our U.S. equity auctions this spring, do you think your answer is different?
2: Yep. Yeah, I would say there's a higher probability of catching good bids now. Add one more sector to the focus. If it's an unknown, then borrowers will have expectations of business flow going forward, but it wouldn't include a very large sector like regional banks. So yeah, I think it's a good thing for us. We'll find out. Does it really spill
0: cool. over into other financials or you think it's just kind of dedicated to regional banks? I know it hasn't really felt that way, but I'm just wondering going forward, yeah. how do you look out with their exclusive bids if they're thinking that way. Yeah. Maybe it depends on what the Fed does, right?
2: It's a good question, Peter. I don't know how widespread it would get, but maybe just the opportunity or the potential opportunity for it spreading throughout other financials might be a reason to put a little additional kiss on a bid. Yeah. Yeah. We'll find out, I guess that's what's good about the auctions.
0: I love the language Ooh. from the trading desk. I
1: know, totally. There's nothing
0: like it, you know what I mean? Put a
1: little kiss on the bid. Just, you know, <laughs> give it a little extra.
0: <laughs> a little extra love and attention and basis points.
1: Uh, yeah, I think
0: we're getting close to a good time here. And that's maybe a good time to wrap this up. But right. I, When I Jim's say,
1: analogies become yeah, too much exactly. even for us.
0: <laughs> oh, I would say there've been a lot of analogies over time in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so that just adds to the long list, yes. but I would say given this new volatility, maybe we should podcast more. I know that's going to make Brooke smile oh, and geez. make Jim frown. It
1: yeah. was and
2: the goal of 2023 to podcast more, didn't we? Yeah.
1: Yes. And anyway, you guys have some serious short-term memory issues. Both of you, the that's both true. of you do. That's true.
0: I like the idea of podcasting after Jim goes to the borrower event next week. Sure. Hot well, off the press commentary. Yes. So that would be my proposal. Okay.
1: Yes. Yeah. The borrower yeah. event that both of us, our invitations get always get lost in the mail. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> we want to keep church and the state right. separate. Right. Yeah. Keep yeah. those Correct.
2: people away
1: from the other side. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Colleagues. Yeah, colleagues.
0: <laughs> colleagues not... We're bringing it back to the beginning. <laughs> so now we're colleagues. We started as friends. Interesting times. Higher volatility generally good for us, right, Jim? So watch this space. We'll be back hopefully with more interesting commentary in the weeks to come.
1: All right. Bye, friends. Thank you. Thanks
0: for listening, everybody. Hope we left you with something interesting and productive to utilize in your daily securities lending activities.
1: And friends, don't forget to subscribe to East Lending Insights wherever you get your podcasts. And now for our disclaimer. This material is for your private information and does not constitute legal tax or investment advice. There is no representation or warranty as to the current accuracy of nor liability for decisions based upon such information. Thank you for listening.